Welcome to the first episode of Season 3 of Calling an Audible. I'm Greg Johnson, along with my new co-host, Travis Canorier. In our podcast, we focus on national, regional, and local sport news, considering our own twists and opinions. So today we're going to talk about some NFL news, go over the MLB season as it's been going on, as well as talk about the NBA and NHL off-seasons and kind of the big major acquisitions that each team did, as well as getting to know our new co-host, I mean, he's not Zach Greenberg, but he's completely different. I'm not going to compare apples to oranges on this one, but Travis, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself so they know who you are. Thanks, Greg. I'm a little excited to be here. Um, love sports, and let's get right into it. Straight and simple to the point. All right, perfect. Uh, so we're going to go start with some news from the NFL, and our producer James just pointed out that Marcus Sherrills has just rejoined the Vikings along with Lacan Treadwell. Travis, your thoughts about that? I like the deal, man. Uh, coming as a Packers fan, I really think it's a good move for the Vikings. God, you do fit in with Greenberg being <laughs> a Packers fan. One of the better uh, special team guys in the league, I really think, is he'd make a great impact for the Vikings. Both yeah, absolutely. Both special teams and defense. Yep. I, I kind of consider Cheryl's the Vikings version of Matthew Slater from the Patriots. Yes. Just yep. the straight up, you're strictly special teams because you're really, really good at what you do. Mm-hmm. And with that, I just think He it's knows his per- role in the team. Well, and exactly, that too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So... We've all heard about the A-B drama. I'm sick of it. You're sick of it, Travis? Sick of it. Why is that? You're one of the most explosive wide receivers in the NFL, and you just can't figure it out. What are we doing? You're one of the best wide receivers, if not one of the best wide receivers to play the game, and you can't figure it out. Off-season or off-the-field issues. Now, there was talks about him uh, getting cut from Oakland just to go play for New England. Do you think there's some tampering involved with that at all? I feel like it's not. I feel like New England's kind of a last resort for a lot of guys, kind of like Josh Gordon, you know. Last resort? The Patriots went out and got Gordon because they wanted him. Well, because they know he wasn't going to do anything stupid with the Patriots. Well, I mean, he's still dead. Well, yeah, to, that, I mean, to that extent, I mean, he still, still gave a chance, and he's been clean ever since he joined the Patriots. Mm, no. They're, at the end of last year when he got caught with his substance abuse, they got Did he, he get got caught put, again? Yeah, he got put back on commissioner's exempt because of his uh, inability to stop smoking the reefer. But he Make got taken already. off at the, I think, near the end of preseason. Really? Yep, and then he got, he was reinstated, so he's been playing ever since. But now, I think, basically, he found Jesus in life <laughs> because he's just had clean way ever since, and he's been preaching the Patriot way. So I I think he turned it around, but... I think a lot of it helps, too, playing with Tom Brady. Yeah, like that might just help in that complete too. Patriot culture, it's or just the, so different from the rest of the The teams. chance of playing playoff football and a chance to get a ring, I think, really helps his motivation to play and stay clean. I mean, he did do that last year. Stay clean. My f- one of my favorite parts about the entire AB thing was when he got cut. One of his uh, social media posts was, do it for me, Tom. <laughs> Yo, yeah, well, didn't, he go, didn't he roll back at school, too? Yeah, he's taken, he's taken <laughs> online courses at Central Michigan. That's pretty... I, mean, I saw on Barstool, basically, the caption of, I pray for the professor that has to read this man's papers. Yeah, goodness gracious. So I think one of them was like an online marketing course or something like that, and just basically writing papers the entire time yeah like <laughs> all right from catching balls from ben roethlisberger and tom brady to now being a college student like you and i but hey way to go get that degree yeah that's what it's all about right yep. that's what the ncaa preaches that's right student athletes yeah big <laughs> student first athletes at ncaa so do you think ab has a chance to ever be in the nfl ever again i think he has a shot 
I think he's going again has to make up for what he did wrong. I, I don't know what these allegations are exactly. I know he offered her what the lady two million dollars. Yeah, something, something like that, like and she that. didn't take it. So therefore, basically saying, "Hey, I'm not lying here. She's guilty." So I don't yeah, really know. Hush money. Yeah, I don't really know what's going on with this, but. If you had to pick a team that he'd probably end up at if he were to come back, who do you think it'd be? Wow, there's, I mean, there's be a lot of teams that would take him or give a chance at least to him. I know the Patriots would probably give him another chance. No. You don't I, think so? I don't think so. Robert Kraft said he just didn't get along with them, and Bill Belichick's just... An- a two, another scandalist didn't get, get together with another scandalist? I mean, that doesn't make sense. Or Don't you attack my boy Robert like that. I'm, I'm not. I'm just stating facts here. That's besides the point, Trav. <laughs> uh, other than that, I mean... Yeah, Bill Belichick, he doesn't put up with shenanigans like that. Exactly. Like, Josh Gordon hasn't... Like, yeah, know, Josh won. Gordon's turned around. Yeah. AB clearly wasn't going to change, so... I'm, I'm and we gonna, also don't know the full situation of that. You're right. We only know what thing, the you know? media portrays. We don't know what AB side or the Patriots side Or if side he's is. actually telling the truth or she's telling the truth. You yeah, never really know. You don't know. But, so it's tough. But what team do you think he'd end up at? I don't know, man. There's a lot of teams I feel like that would give him a shot. The one that comes to mind for me is Cleveland, because they already gave. It's already a dumpster fire over there. Might as well. Exactly. You got Baker. You got OBJ. You got Jarvis Landry. They have Nick Chubb in the backfield. Who do they have? Kareem Hunt. They, Another. Yeah, they guy signed him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. For hitting his wife, but I mean, what what are we doing? That, it's already a dumpster fire. Might as well pull more yeah, gas just, on it. Just bring AB well. into the mix. Just yeah. The land. I but no, if he can turn right. it around, though, for Cleveland, that, that's, a, that's a dangerous wide receiver core. The only thing they need to do is actually learn how to pass block and run block I mean, and play Baker's offense. Baker's line isn't that, well, isn't that good. That's what I'm saying. Baker has no offensive line. Last Browns game I watched, Baker stood in the pocket for less than two seconds on majority yeah. of the plays. He has no time to throw the ball. Yeah, because who did they play? Was it again? The, who did they play this week? I should look that up. Yeah, but no. Yeah, when I was watching that game too, is essentially just played the Rams. Yeah. Yesterday. So yeah. Oh, got yeah, two the Rams. Days, yeah. Aaron Donald sacked him like yeah, two or three times. It's a good defense. Yeah, it was just unbelievable. But yeah, I think he'd end up in Cleveland. So, moving on to the legacy of Gardner oh, Minshew yeah. and his new cult following. This dude is a legend. Rep the stash, bro. Rep it. Gardner Minshew and the mustache. But didn't he isn't didn't he have an interesting story coming out of college too? Wasn't he gonna grad? Was he, was he gonna was he gonna so, Alabama? Yeah, he, he was gonna try and I think he, I don't know if he did get the med red or not. I didn't read too much into no, that story. No, that's that's the thing about I'm talking about wasn't he at Alabama? He redshirted, he was gonna be a grad assistant, but then Mike Leach recruited him to go to Washington State. Okay. Played his senior year, tore it up, and then got drafted, and now here we are. Yeah, because he went to four different schools in four different years. I heard yeah. one year he tried getting a med red because I, I don't know the situation, but he got extremely drunk and took a hammer to his hand and beat it mercilessly. Yeah. That part I that part I read about. From Barstool Sports. <laughs> hey, that's pretty credible sports, say, all right? But there's an article on the NFL website where Flint... Minshew, his dad. That's yeah. already the legend. Looks just already. like you see the game. A couple days ago, looks just like him. Oh god, <laughs> I love it. Flint lifts. Look, he lifts <laughs> heavy weights. Like he lifts it. weights. But his his father, his Flint Flint Minshew's dad, so Gardner's grandpa, wanted to name him Beowulf. Beowulf. This is where this all starts. Okay, so I'm he started his life, and now he's starting his NFL career, and. Yeah, it, this is like a defies logic kind of career path. I mean, if his name would have been Beowulf, 
that would have just been that much greater. And yeah, I mean, can't top that. The Mississippi Mustache. I, that's my nickname I'm going to call him because it's also on the NFL Where's website. Where's he from again? Where's he from? I'd assume somewhere in Mississippi. But I don't know. It's just, yeah, when he got recruited, recruited by Coach Leach for Washington State, you know, there's – He's just wearing this boxing outfit with like chains and just. He has his own swag. He has a, he's got his own swag, and there's some stories swag. about him doing exercise bands in the locker room, wearing only a jock strap, aviators, and a headband. And there's been occasions where he's uh, done this naked. Yeah, it's definitely something a guy I want on my team. Oh, absolutely. You understand? Like it's just that sw- that confidence. That swag. Yeah, you, you don't have. want Jalen Ramsey in your no, locker room. No, I, I want Gardner Minshew on my team at all costs. Oh God, I I feel like the Jaguars are gonna have their own Bills Mafia with this dude. That would be sweet. And they're not gonna pile drive each other through well, table, tables. Didn't they have the Minshew mustache giveaway at Washington they did. State games? Yep. And they even had it at the Jaguars they game need to bring too. That back. All they the beat. Jacksonville. That's what they need. Jacksonville needs that. I think. I feel like Gardner Minshew is what Baker is to Cleveland in that kind of sense. Yes. He just brings us different this hype aura, about This aura of just excitement and want to watch the game just because of this guy and his mustache. Right. And I'm going to go back to the uh, locker room jockstrap story because this is, to me, pretty funny. It's intriguing. It is. And so Steve Spurrier, I think he's the GM of is the Is he the GM, the former head ball coach he, of There's some South affiliation Carolina. with them, but... Yeah, so he, so Dale said like he has these bands that he does stretching and before and after practice and never fails. He'll come in and just strip naked and start doing them. Then Gardner Mitch was like, "Yeah, I usually end up in my jock strap, not all the way naked." And then Dale replies that there's been a couple naked ones, and Gardner's like, "Yeah, okay, there's been a couple naked ones." But Steve Spurrier knows about the bands. His son Steve Spurrier Jr. is a Cougars receivers coach, and after a win this season, the head ball coach at Washington State wanted to talk to Minshew. And so he comes in the locker room, right? And he's doing his bands and in the in his jocks wrap, and he's got his shades and his headband on, nothing else. And Steve comes in and just looks around and says, "Yeah, just tell Gardner he had a good game." <laughs> that and then he just turned around and left. He it, didn't want no part of that. No, I like no. as a coach walking into the locker room and seeing that one of your players, especially your starting quarterback, just doing bands in a jock strap and a headband and sunglasses. And at what point do you consider this too far? Or not far enough. I mean, that's this is this is pushing to the extreme, and I I think it's good rep. It's good rep because it's, it's just this cult following. He's, it's the positive like, PR the NFL needs. Oh yeah, no this more. Is, this is the news people want to hear. No more a- Antonio Brown news. I'm sick of it. <laughs> so yeah, instead of AB, we're just gonna talk about Gardner Minshew, and by all means, please win games. So. Moving on to college football, there's going to be a small recap here because you're also a Badgers fan. Yeah, roll Badgers. Big weekend for the Badgers this week. Yeah, so why don't you tell us about that game versus Michigan? Good game for the Badgers this week. They asserted their dominance against one of the better teams in the Big Ten. Michigan did not look like themselves. Oh, God, no. I don't know what happened. Um, Jim Harbaugh's got to figure it out. They did not look like Michigan. They couldn't run the ball. Couldn't play good defense. No. Shea Patterson sloppy. struggled in that first half. Looks sl- Michigan was sloppy. Well, it, to the Badgers' defense, like their defense literally had. I didn't think there's a play where Shea Patterson stood on his feet after he threw threw the football. Okay, he was on his behind the entire game, and I kind of feel bad for him. It was just a dominant performance by a dominant Badgers team, and it makes you wonder. 
who's a favorite in the West now? Everyone's picking Nebraska to win the West, and now it's... Nebraska is overhyped. Like they have the USC effect where it's always, hey, Nebraska, they're going to be Just good. Just because they live in the land of corn and football. It's also Lincoln Riley, too. Not Lincoln Riley, uh, Scott Frost. A lot of his second year. Oh, second year, we're going to go 12-1 and one like we did at UCF. No. No. It, who's going to win the West now? Badgers? It, to me, it's the Badgers. I think it's in play with everybody. the Badgers. Ba- Badgers, Iowa. Those are only two teams Iowa's I can think. I think have a chance in that, too. Minnesota isn't as good as I think they are this year. So let's talk about that. Are they going to be another year where they're just great and uh, non-conference play and just absolutely you know, suck during Big Ten play? Well, hear me out here. The Gophers, who they play South Dakota State, one of yep. the top-ranked FCS teams. That's a tough matchup for the Gophers. Yep, and they, that, they, had, to come, they had to come back and win yeah. that one. They ended up winning 20 SDSU, 21. I think, fumbled on the, on the Gophers 20, and the Gophers marched in and scored with, like, five minutes left. Yep, like they, like that. SDSU was winning that game. Like, yep. they should have won that game. But, I mean, it's tough. They, like, Fresno State, too, last year, where they win 10 games, beat Oregon and the yeah, bowl they play. Like, there, there's some good teams are playing non-conference, mm-hmm. which is makes them And then they bad. played Georgia Southern last week, and I watched the tail... Tail end of that and, game, and they came back and they. And didn't Georgia won Southern game. just beat Tennessee two week one? I think so like so. they're playing decent non conference teams. They're not like the you're not playing another Power Five team, but these are teams that can upset other Power Five teams like Georgia. Right. My only Georgia issue Southern. with the Gophers though is they show flashes of both brilliance and flashes of headless chickens running around. I think it all comes down to quarterback play. Didn't uh, Anikstad get hurt earlier in the season? Like he got he hurt hasn't in even the preseason. S- he hasn't played a snap yeah, this didn't, year. I thought he got hurt, though. I thought he, like, broke his ankle, and he's going to be out for, like, six weeks. Mm, I don't think he did that. I think he's just – he did something. But It comes down to quarterback play for the Gophers, if you ask me, especially in the Big Ten. I mean, the guy of, they have at quarterback now, he's doing pretty good, but – Yeah. I just uh, think they – it's like Tanner a, Morgan. Yeah, Tanner yeah. Morgan, thank you. He's been doing pretty good. I, I just don't think they have, like, a game-changing quarterback, like no. all the successful programs throughout the – Time when it comes down to the Big Ten, you can't be one like the good teams in the Big Ten are not one dimensional. Like you look at right. Ohio State, you look at Josh Fields just yeah, tearing it up. You look at te- like a good Michigan team can throw the ball and run the ball, play mm-hmm. good defense. That's something the Gophers they can't really throw the ball that well downfield. They have the receivers for it. Tyler Johnson's a stud. Yeah, they, they have don't like have two the, really they don't good have receivers. the quarterbacks. They yeah. don't have the guys to be able to throw the ball down the field to them. You're right. And then uh, the Notre Dame Georgia game. Do you watch that? No, I didn't get oh a chance. Oh my to. goodness! What Georgia ended up winning that, right? Georgia did on the last play of the game. Uh, hear me out. I thought Notre Dame was going to get blown out of this game. Yeah, Georgia's a t- they're what third ranked team. They were number three coming in. That was such a good game for the Notre Dame Fire Irish, and they didn't even play their best game. Where they have fourteen penalties. That's the most under Brian Kelly. So that I mean, is. that's. You shot yourself in the foot there. And it came down last play again. Remember last year, it came down last play in South Bend. Uh, last second touchdown catch for Georgia. But, I mean, for Notre Dame, it comes down to the head coaching. Brian Kelly, got to be a better game manager than that. You can't have 14. That's your biggest game of the year. If you beat Georgia, you're almost guaranteed a spot in the college football playoff. Who else do you play? You play USC. USC's down this year. They lost yeah. JT Daniels. Who else do they play? They play a, Stan- a down Stanford team this year. Yeah, Stanford's not what they used to be. So it's that's like sure. if you beat Georgia, especially on the road in Athens, that's one of the tougher places. Do you see the place? Place was packed. That's one of the tougher places that was to play. The like premier matchup of the day. Like it comes down to one thing. You can't did you see UCF lost? 
They did. Thank you, Pitt. Thank you, Pitt. Thank you so much for stopping that hype train. They're not that good. They don't play anybody big, and they do finally find, <laughs> They finally play a power five team. They lose. Thank you. Pitt. That was actually a good game, though. It was a good if you, game. If, did you you watch that game, right? Yeah, forty five, forty four came yeah. down last play. I mean, yeah. It's not that they're not competitive. They're, no, they're really no, competitive. No, they're definitely they competitive. They held their own. Yeah, they're definitely but competitive. you can tell that they're outmatched at times. Well, yeah, when you see that, like last year they played LSU, like you could just tell SEC speed compared to the yeah. You compared to UCF. It's not the same. So don't give me this national championship baloney because it's not true. And I thank you, Pitt, for breaking it. Hey, Pitt's done, Pitt's done a lot for college football the last couple of years. Upset at, upset at Clemson a couple years ago when they were number one. Oh, they did do that. Beat UCF. Right. Who yeah. else did they beat? They beat someone else, but Pitt, upset alert. Watch out. We're playing the Pitt Panthers. Yeah, Pitt Panthers. Watch out. Notre Dame coming up. They got Virginia. So you got to bounce back here if you're Notre Dame. You could still get in the playoff one loss. They played Virginia, played Michigan. I think that's in Ann Arbor. Ooh, the then big you, house. Yeah, then you play Stanford last week this season. But, I mean, you play two ranked teams here right now, three ranked teams. You can definitely get back in the college football playoffs, especially if you win by good margins. Oh, absolutely. We're going to move on to the MLB, though, because I just really want to talk about that Twins Bomba squad, man. Who doesn't want to talk about the Twins right now? They're pretty sure they're leading the league in team home runs and that's I not so. that's not a category that you'd ever the think twins the twins would ever to. be yeah, in they're not used to that one no they're not and my opinion is just where did this come from i think rocco baldelli has a big part of it i think he's telling these hitters hey if you see a straight ball hit it up oh, they are one home run behind the Yankees, Yankees. 298 to 297. They've been trading back and forth but for still, like the past month. Look at the Twins <laughs> roster and look at the Yankees roster. I mean, if you look at it, Twins, went out and got some guys this summer too. Yeah, Nelson Cruz, huge addition. TJ Crone, Jonathan Scope. Yeah. Two power, two underrated power yep. guys. And then you have the emergence of Max Kepler has like 36 oh, home yeah. runs. So I've got always like been 32. a big fan of him. Rosario's got like 33. Yeah. Like that's just unbelievable. I was reading on one of the one of the articles on theathletic.com about why the Twins decided to hit home runs. And their philosophy is that the best way to score a run is hit the ball so hard is just a home run. Because they're mean, preaching... Easy runs, right? Oh, yeah, that's that's easier all runs. baseball now, though. It takes more time to manufacture runs than it just to hit a home run. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a new game. Long balls win yep. baseball games. So do you think the baseballs are juiced? No. I just think... Um, Guys are getting stronger. Guys are throwing harder. And hitting philosophies changed that much. That too. Um, I think guys are getting a lot stronger. A lot of people don't realize the kind of bats these guys use. I'm sure Nelson Cruz swings a 34-inch, 34-ounce bat. Oh, yeah. That dude That's just, a log. He just swings a tree branch. So a lot of these guys are just strong enough to do that. It also helps too when the balls come in at about 95 miles an hour. What are you talking about? The average like MLB velo for a pitcher is like 98. 98? Oh, yeah. That even the, furthers my case. MLB pitching is in the domain of you have to throw hard to make it to the show. Same There's no more fitness pitchers. Kyle Hendricks is like the last person you'll see. That'll be a MLB starting pitcher that throws 88 to 90. That's the thing. It's like same with hitting, though. If you can't, you can't, if you can't yeah, you put gotta, the ball over the fence, you got to no hit point. the ball like Aaron Judge or just hit for like 400. Otherwise, yeah. you're not going to make it. You can't put the ball out of the park. There's nowhere for in the lineup for you. Oh no, not one bit. But who do you think, in your opinion, is the biggest surprise of the MLB season so far? Man, I'd want to say the Twins for this. 
You're you gonna know? go with the Twins. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Twins. Four games up, and I think they're matching yeah, and numbers how many, three. And how many games did they lose last year? Please. A uh, lot. Yeah, exactly. I think it was close to a hundred losses or over a hundred losses. Yeah. Either I, way, that's to be to win the Central, especially when you have a team like Cleveland in the Central too, a team that can that's gonna contend for. This year. They're they're gonna well coming in they were gonna contend for a World Series. So oh, you know, that's yeah. a big step forward to win this division. Absolutely. My opinion is I'm going to go with the athletics. Really? Oh, yeah. Because they lost Jed Lowry, Jonathan Lucroy. They lost so many people, and they're still 94 and 62. They're in a playoff spot. I think they're first wild card. First day, yeah. I think Tampa has second wild card. That's a tough division. That's a tough division, man. It is, because the Astros are 102-54, but the athletics are right behind them. Yeah, that's a tough division. It is. I don't want to play the guy, the team coming out of that division. But... You know, that's, that's just how it's going to be. And we're going to highlight some NBA offseason updates. I know we all want to talk about Durant going to Brooklyn with uh, Kyrie sorry. or the Claw going to the Clippers with that <laughs> Paul George trade or even Russ Westbrook getting traded to Houston for Chris Paul. I love that. You know, what What was your favorite offseason move? I love Russ Westbrook going to the Rockets. In what sense? Uh, it just adds more depth to the West, you know. But it doesn't fit their three-point philosophy still, because we all know Russ can't shoot. We, we all, all know, know he it. likes the ball in his hands too. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how and how he and James Harden mold back together again. It is. It's, it's a reunion that I didn't because they're see both coming. two different players that they are. They're, they, they're, they don't they're, fit. They're different they don't from the last fit. time they played with each other. So it's gonna be interesting to see how they do with each other. I think Houston messed up with that trade. I you don't, think so? I don't think. I understand, like, the locker room chemistry part. Yeah. I get that because Chris Paul, from my mm-hmm. understanding, was a cancer in the yeah. locker room. Yeah, But he played the game they wanted to play. Russ Westbrook plays iso ball. Yeah, it's tough, especially in the NBA now. It's kind of like MLB. You need to hit threes in order to play, or you need to hit threes to win. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, I don't know. They, I, if you ask me, before that trade, they needed more um, perimeter defense mm-hmm. for the Rockets, especially yeah. to stop Golden State. Well, yeah, but now Golden State, I don't Durant's think they're going to be too big of an yeah, issue because Clay still has an ACL tear. Yeah. Durant's gone. They just have Steph Curry, really, and yeah. Draymond Green. And Draymond's overrated, if you ask me. Steph Curry's that He's just really good team. defensively, and that's kind of where it stays. Yeah, but I mean, again, NBA is not about defense anymore. It's no. about who can hit the most threes. But I do want to point out that the Lopez twins are both in Milwaukee right now. That is, that's sweet. Brooke and Robin Lopez. Milwaukee's going to make some noise in the East this year. Concerned the fact they make did all of that last year. You well, know. now Boston don't have Kyrie anymore. Boston's going to be better without Kyrie. You think so? I, I've said, look what they did when he got injured. Like, scary Terry yeah, took him. Yeah, I guess. Terry, yeah. Even Terry though he's in Charlotte smart, and Kemba, yeah. Kemba Walker went to Boston. And Kemba Walker agrees a four-year max deal with the Celtics. I think it's slightly less, but. Either way, that's Cantor a big went there too. Yep. Yeah, it's just, there's a big shenangle over there. But, Trav, I know how much you love hockey. Oh, I love hockey. Who's your favorite team again? The Minnesota Hockey Wild. Long live. <laughs> Long live. Our favorite team to disappoint us. God, they break my heart every single year, but I still love them. Love them to death. So, there's, I'm looking at this list of the eight best moves in the NHL 2019 offseason so far. And at number eight, they come in with Wayne Simmons to New Jersey. I like that. It adds a lot of depth to their scoring lines. Yep. He's a lot, like, you have a guy like Taylor Hall in, the, in your first line. You're going to have guys like Nico Heischer. Now they have Jack Hughes. Oh, 
so Jack now, Highlight Hughes. Yeah, now you're going to have Taylor Hall, Jack Hughes in that first line. Second line, Nico Heischer, Wayne Simmons. That adds great depth to those lines that oh, they yeah. need. That's just unreal what they've done. In a tough division, too. Yep. Washington, New York Rangers are going to be better this year. It's going to be a tough division for the Devils. Big pickup. Mm-hmm. At number seven, we have Dallas Stars signing Joe Pavelski. <laughs> Joe Pavelski, I mean. I wanted him to go to the Wild just because he, uh, him and Ryan Suter, but yeah, both was from Wisconsin. Both went to Wisconsin. Yep. Teammates for the batters. Mm-hmm. I, I, was I, it three-year, $21 million, $7 million annually? That, that's a good pick. The Stars are going to make some noise this year. They got uh, I, Corey I, Perry, I too. I hate the Stars because of the entire Minnesota North Star situation. Yeah, no. I, they're going to make some noise this Stole year. Stole our Stanley Cup from us. Jamie Benton, Tyler Sagan, Joe Pavelski, uh, Corey Perry. Who else you got? Who's the defenseman? You have Klingberg. Yeah, Jonathan Klingberg. They're going to make some noise. That That's my pick. Oh, and win. they have uh, that Finnish defenseman. Oh, they just drafted him? Yeah. Yeah. What's his name? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't know his name. But they're going to make some noise this year, I think. They're going to – they're my pick to win it right now. I haven't they're your at, pick to win it? I haven't looked at the – Mira Heiskinen. Yeah, Heiskinen. Don't know why that's my Number three tongue. pick. Yeah, he is a stud. They yeah. said his skating is unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Didn't Tyler Sagan say he's probably the best skater he's ever seen? Yeah. That, yeah. That's coming – that's, that's a lot That's coming from Tyler Sagan, who's a great skater himself. Right. So and then there's the number six is Arizona Coyotes trading for Phil Kessel. Phil the thrill, baby. This guy is a vet, knows how to score. Great addition for Arizona. Gonna be great alongside Clayton Keller. Yeah, that's gonna be great aside out. I'm curious <laughs> to see how many pucks he's gonna tick all the twine with. Yeah, I just Phil I don't know I don't know how motivated he'll be to play. In I don't Arizona. think he's motivated at all because no. the reason he has traded is because Evgeny Malkin said it's either him or me that could go. And, and they said that he was, he was content with Phil Kessel is content with the what two rings they won, the yeah. two cups. It's Phil, man. It's he doesn't care. No, nah, he's, he's just he's just there for a paycheck. To be completely honest. But number five, Maple Leafs trade for Tyson Berry, I've and they gave a, up Nazem Kadri for him. I've always been a big fan of Tyson Berry. I did. I yeah, I was also a fan too. He's a great offensive defenseman. He's great at moving the puck around the ice. I, I was also never really a big fan of Nazem Kadri. And now the fact he's in the central is makes me he's, want to cry at night a little uh, bit. I just that he's not that he's just a physical guy. He's he's a dirty player. He, yeah, that's, so that's I mean he's real. not really a good like a good score. I think it's a good he's move a, for the Leafs to get rid of him. He had a big contract. Yeah, and he's and always out in the Tyson Berry in return. What are we What are we that doing? Right, great, great trade. That right shot defenseman they've been desperately exactly, needing. Exactly, exactly, and that even probably boosts the Leafs odds of win the cup. Oh. Yeah, after they're signing not the favorites Mitch, right now. After signing Mitch Marner a couple days ago. Yeah, but see, you got to look at it, though, too. Half their caps invested in Matthews, Tavares, Nylander, and now Marner. Yeah, that's a good That's a, that's a good majority to invest in, though. It is, about it. <laughs> but that really doesn't yeah. leave them a lot of room to play with. No, that's with. okay, though. When you have John Tavares, Austin Matthews, and Mitch Marner in your first line, really I think it's going to be okay. It really makes the third and fourth lines just completely obsolete. You just need, no, that's okay. You just yeah. need physical body checkers in there. Yeah, they still got some depth on that team, though. They just need a goon line. That's what they really need. But how about Robin Leonard going to Chicago for that's number a, four? That's a big pickup, too, I think, for the Blackhawks. This is just a surprising let-go of the Islanders. They I, know, played I don't know. So what, well. that, that front office is goofy in New York. They're, they oh, don't Lou know what Lamarello, they're doing. Lou Lamorello, Mr. Yeah. No Facial Hair, yeah, no Number Yeah, they don't 13. know what they're doing over there. No, there's just, again, that's like a headless chicken. They got scenario. rid of Volk Poso for a bag of chips. They don't know what they're doing over there. One year deal, $5 million. Yeah, that's a good deal for Wasn't Atlanta. he up for the Vesna Trophy, too, last year? He was. He was. What are, 
I don't again. That's again, a I just smart think that, I just think they're banking on is just a one-year wonder kind of play. Yeah, that that could be a thing too. Like he's never really been like a he, like he's been a starter in the NHL, but he's never been a dominant right. star. Like a, he's never been a Vesna quality kind of goalie. Right, and then just have that one year just randomly yeah. out of the blue. He's yeah. never been that Vesna quality, but now hopefully he can keep it up because that's gonna be a deadly two uh, t- uh combination between Corey Crawford and Robin Leonard. Yep, so number three is the Rangers signing Artemi Panarin. I personally think they overpaid a little bit for seven years, 81 and a half. Not for their bread, man. Not what you can do on the power play, especially for with, uh, with the New York but Rangers. If you look at what the Rangers have done, they just bought a lot. Because yeah, they, they signed Jacob lot, Truba, too, for eight yeah, years, 64. Well, Jacob Truba's a top four defenseman. Got for rid- the team, not got the Got rid of Neil Pionk. I, I think that's a... It's a good move for New York, but I still think they're but just gonna have cap issues. When now. you when you play, they bought out Shattenkirk. Yeah, Shattenkirk wasn't really playing up to his contract though. No, but God, when no. you play for like when you're a manager or a GM of a team from New York, especially the Rangers, yeah, you, you, you need you to win now. You can't put you can't not put a show on ice. Yeah, you need to win now. It's always butts in now. the seats. Like they got rid of Jimmy VC, one of the best young prospects in the NHL. Yeah, got rid of him to Buffalo. Yeah, so it's like poor soul. They need to win now. I think it's a good contract for Panarin. I think it's right. The amount he scores on the power play, he it clearly wasn't the Patrick Kane effect for him on the power play because he could he scores no matter what. He played really well for the Blue Jackets. Yep. And then number two is fellow Russian Sergei Bobrovsky going to the Panthers. Um, looks like the Blue Jackets are going to be horrible. Um, <laughs> yeah. They also lost Duchesne. To the yeah, Predators. goodness gracious. Um, seven years, seven million dollars for the Panthers. Yeah, Bobrovsky's going to fill in the net. Is Longo still there? Is he retired? Uh, I think he retired. That's he why retired? they brought him Bobrovsky. Yeah, that's pretty a good, sure. That's even better. But um, two yeah, the two-time Vezina Trophy yeah. winner. Yeah, you know, it's just. Panthers are going to be good, too, this year. They're going to make noise. They're They're going to be good, too, this year. And Barkov's one of the better players in the league, doesn't get enough credit. And then topping out the first overall is the Devils trading for P.K. Subban. I I don't know how I feel about this. I'm not, obviously, I'm not in the locker room for this, but I've always heard that P.K. Subban's a cancer in the locker room. I've never really been a big fan I just think he's, like, super outspoken. Well, I don't know why he's trying to be a winger when he's a defenseman. When you're one of the better offensive defensemen in the league, why are you always getting traded? Yeah, especially in the kind of NHL it is now, where it's I mean the original trade of Shea Weber for PK Subban that was pretty good. Yeah, it was initially because as a loss for yeah, Montreal was, still is. Yeah, Shea Weber is like what thirty eight now. I don't know if he's in the league anymore. He's I'm old. sure he no, is. No, he's old. in the league. He's old. He's old. Mm-hmm. And PK Subban, he ain't putting up all star numbers. No, anymore. he's not. And he's PK's not the same still defender. An and it was it was just shocking to me. It was straight up. Yep. But. It, I guess Nashville didn't want him that much anymore and got rid of him. Yeah, they got a pretty Devils, good return though, on him. Yeah. The Devils are going to be scary. The Devils might be pretty good this year. Imagine I, that power play. Well, Taylor Hall said it best. It's make it or blow it up. Yeah, that's what he said. Make it or blow it up. Might as well. I mean, he's always been a part of it. He knows what's going on there. Yeah. But you think about that power play for New Jersey. P.K. Subban, Nico Heischer, Taylor Hall. Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes. That's a scary power that, play, man. That's going to be dangerous. scary power play. I, I don't going to be a lot that. of points. A uh, hot take right here, Taylor Hall, 100 point score this year. Is that your boy? Yep. Mm. Stamp it. No, I'm, I'm not saying it's gonna be, he's been a what a MVP finalist the past couple of years too. Uh, he won the Hart Trophy two years ago. Yeah, see, well, the year he stayed healthy. So, Travis, we're gonna round it out with some MMA news. 
Oh, MMA news. So fights this last weekend. Um, UFC Fight Night 159. Main event came down to an eye poke. Yair Rodriguez versus Jeremy Stevens. Ooh, I haven't you, seen an eye poke in a long time. First 15 seconds of the fight. It, it was tough, especially for those fans. Yair Rodriguez being Mexican, the fight taking place in Mexico City. It's just... You're, do you see that? No, I don't. You're getting showered all over Jeremy Stevens. His eye, was, he couldn't see. He couldn't see out of his eye. Wow. And he, he they like the surgery's gonna be so bad. They need to like, take his eye out and like, yeah, it's gonna be bad. But he says that they want they want to fight. Um, when is it? Fight night one sixty one or one sixty in Boston. He wants they want a headline. They want to headline that fight. I think it's in three weeks. So if he can get back in time, but the, hey, that's a good fight though. If they can make it back, this it's just tough for Jeremy Stevens fought the ringer. Like he, he's not a guy who's gonna fold like that. So He's, what's been the rumblings with uh, McGregor? Is he going to be in the octagon anytime soon? Uh, Conor McGregor, I I hope he comes back. There's been talks of uh, UFC Dublin and Justin really? Gaethje. Hmm. Uh, do you know who Justin Gaethje is, Greg? Uh, and I don't follow MMA too much. You don't? You should get into it. I know. Anyway, I know McGregor wants to fight Frankie Edgar. I know that would want- be a good fight for Conor to come back to. That's what that's uh what his coach Kavanaugh. That's what he wants him to fight. He wants him to fight Frankie Edgar. I think that'd be a great fight for Conor. Great stylistic matchup. Absolutely. He matches up well. I know he definitely Edgar. wants his rematch with Khabib. He's not going to get his matchup against Nurmagomedov. Yep, Khabib Nurmagomedov. He's not going to get his matchup against Khabib. No, that dude's just a wrestling artist. Khabib's going to fight Tony Ferguson, and then he's going to fight or try and fight George St. Pierre. And right off into the sunset, thirty and zero undefeated champion. Only you think he just, ha- just hang up the gloves right after? I that? mean, he has a re- he has a resume for it. You look who he's fought the who's who of the lightweight division. It's I mean, there's no one else he can really fight. Yeah, and Bellator right this week, big card, big cards, Greg. Start of the featherweight Grand Prix. We got Patricia Pitbull versus Juan Archuleta. Okay, it's gonna be a good yeah. fight. Juan Archuleta training out of TriStar Gym. With T.J. Dillashaw. Ooh, look at that. T.J. Dillashaw, Aaron Pico, Cub Swanson. He knows how to fight on an 18-fight winning streak against Patricio Pitbull, the double champ champ, featherweight and lightweight champion, come off the win of, over Michael Michael Chandler. Who are you going to pick in that one? <sighs> Man, it's going to be a good fight. But I think Juan Archuleta wins a uh, unanimous decision, five-round decision. Ooh. You don't think there's going to be, like, a TKO anywhere? No, I think Archuleta wins that fight. Who else we got in this card here? Lyoto Machido versus Gegard Musasi. That's going to be a good fight. Musasi wins. Third round knockout. Who else we got? Darian Cardwell, Henry Corrales. The second fight of the Featherweight Grand Prix. Caldwell by decision. Who else? AJ McKee. Get to know that name. AJ McKee, baby. One of the better... Prospects in all of MMA, fourteen and zero. First round of the featherweight Grand Prix, I think he wins. First round knockout. All right, all right. That's what I'm talking about. What else we got? Boxing this week. Earl Spence for Sean Porter. It's gonna be a big fight. Big implications for Earl Spencer here. Coming off the big win over Mikey Garcia, twenty five and zero. <laughs> Going on. It's a weird time right now in boxing when you have like a this pound for pound. There's six guys right here I can make an argument, seven, that you can make an argument for that could be the baddest man on the planet. Okay, Charles. There's a, se- there's a lot You're of arguments. You're just really right high now. on these MMA boys. Yeah. I mean, we got a big fight like Earl Spence versus Sean Porter. You know who I'm really going to be- believe in, Trav? Who? You for homecoming court royalty. You think so? Yeah. 
You're are you ready for that tonight? No, I'm not. I heard you have to do like a skit. I do, unfortunately. I'm gonna be there. Gonna... Who, who you got, Greg Earl Spencer? You got? No, I did. I got you winning homecoming court, bro. Earl Spence, unanimous decision. <laughs> Just <laughs> completely ignoring yeah. everything I'm Too saying. Too technical on his feet. I think Sean Porter's gonna go in there. <laughs> a lot of dirty boxing. <laughs> And keep him out of it. Earl Spence is too technical and going to figure it out. He's going to win that. Chad, gonna... I'm going to throw some dirty boxing at you. He's going to retain that don't... IBF Who do you want to win your homecoming royalty queen? I don't know. I don't even know who's up for like debate right now. I don't even know who's up for it right now. Well, it's you. Then we have soccer player Lindsey Dommel. We have Nikki Harsha. We have Paul and Peter Hendricks, the Hendricks twins. I don't know twins. who those guys are. We have Paige Pettit also on the soccer oh, Paige. team. I like Paige. I want Paige to win. You got Michaela Rodriguez. I like Paige. And then like, like you have Emmett Stevens off the football team. I don't know who that is. He's your fellow like classmate, bro. How do you not know your people? I don't. I know faces, not names, Greg. Okay, okay. Can I finish? Oh, I'm my... voting for you. I'm just stay that straight up. I can't not vote for my roommate. That just look bad. Who's your? Oh, you should. Yeah, because yeah, I live with you, bro. I, I was gonna say who's got, your roommate. Kind of got to vote for you. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'll be intrigued to see who the uh, queen is. But we also have our homecoming game this Saturday. We oh, have UMC, the that's right. UMC Golden Eagles versus UMC the Minot State Beavers. You got you got Golden Eagles winning this game? I think so because we beat them last year. We beat them last There's year. There's high hopes. A lot of high hopes. We've actually looked pretty decent yeah, this we, year. Yeah, that Mud Bowl game against Bemidji last week, that's pretty tough. Was, Bemidji's always pretty good, too. And so last I mean, year they beat a 62 to zip, and this year I think it's like 20 to 10, something like that. Yeah, something bad. It was not good. No, but, and then we got soccer at home. I think it's Friday and Saturday. Who they got? Yeah, I didn't look at the schedule, but I yeah. know they have home games, so really? definitely gonna head out to those two. So with that, Trav, you want to wrap it up for us? Sure, I'd love to, Greg. Your very Thanks. first outro. Yeah, it was fun. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to Season 3, Episode 1 of Calling an Audible. You can catch us debating, laughing, and having fun all season long with our episodes going live on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. You can also follow us on Twitter at Call an Audible Pod for updates, as well as links to full episodes. From my co-host, Greg, and myself, thanks for listening, and we'll see you again Episode 2 for Calling an Audible. Calling an Audible is made possible through the assistance of the University of Minnesota Crookston Media Services Department and executive producer James Pogachnik. The views expressed on Calling an Audible are not necessarily the views of the University of Minnesota Crookston or its affiliates.